You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Carter comes up shooting. Welcome to 95 to Infinity Podcast. I am Brandon Kajoka. Joining me as always are my heterosexual life mates, Gregory Yeroshadis and Christian Wolfgang Graf. And boys, how are you doing today? It is officially summer. It has been a scorcher the last couple of days. You guys surviving the humidity. What's going on with you? Oh, just Hi. like you said, like you said, Brandon, just enjoying the weather, taking my daughter out on walks to High Park. Just uh, the, the the nice weather has definitely improved the tail end of this pandemic. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the the thing that's hard is especially with like firework weekends is sleeping, and the <laughs> weather here is so hot that in Carter's room, holy shit, it's too hot. Like I need to get an aircon asap. Yeah, we just got a new air fan. I'm just staring at it uh, all day. fantastic. <laughs> My bigger concern is, do I leave that monster on all day or should I give it a break? Because I don't want to give it a break. I just want to keep that crank, that fucker going like all day, 24-7. How much do you care about the environment? That's the question. Very little. Maybe you like winter. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big, 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 big. Summer doesn't sound like it's for you. No, I I carry heat naturally and I'm a very uh, weak human being in general. So that combination is not great for my physical and mental psyche. Alrighty, guys. But speaking of uh, like lack of, I guess, mental psyche, the first thing I want to discuss in the middle of I want to bring up is the underwhelming play of the LA Clippers. We saw it last year, the catastrophe that happened to the Clippers assembling a super team, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, nothing came of that last year. You know, coming into this season, the expectations were again high, but they down a whole new series so far you know Kawhi Leonard is someone that you know obviously is pretty close to your chest someone who brought the Raptors a championship jump ship the next year can't blame the guy but now looking at his decision you know looking back you know should he resign the Raptors that's neither here nor there what do you think of Kawhi Leonard's and more importantly when they lose this series well so let's just begin by noting the fact that the series isn't over. The Clippers have uh, enough, clearly enough talent to mount a comeback. Really, they just need to get the next one, and uh, that will extend the, the series at least to five, six games. 
That being said, very few teams have come back from an 0-2 deficit that they got themselves into after giving up home court advantage. And, you know, I got a friend, uh, we call him Ben Hot Knives Gwillem. And, 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 and this guy's not really too much into basketball, but I got him to watch this game even just because it is juicy. Out of all the different series, this series has the most juice, right? Because there, there's so many different levels of meaning to it, right? Not to, you know, just to start by the fact that if you watch last year's playoffs, the Clippers basically bullied Doncic and not just like physically bullied him in a basketball sense. Like they were, it was dirty, right? Like, I don't know if you remember Marcus Morris, um, obvious attempt to, to further aggravate Lucas ankle injury. Right. Uh, so anyways, so that's the underlying premise of this, right? Not to mention then that the Clippers chose to, they, they miraculously lost, two games to the worst teams in the NBA to avoid the Lakers and play the Mavericks. Okay. That's the key right there. Right. It, it I don't know about you, Grab, but to me, like, so that, that so, really, Greg, Greg, just, just, just for listeners, can you clarify that? Uh, explain, you know, they, they, they lost, they lost to Oklahoma city and the, and the Houston Rockets, two teams that are trying to lose. Right. Like, and, and they did it in spectacular fashion. Like if you watch those games, they were feeding the ball to some of their unknown players almost on purpose, just so that they would lose and be careful what you wish for, man, because Luca and I love watching Doncic play the Clippers, not only because it's you're, you're, you're seeing one of the ascending players in the world, but also he himself obviously has a chip on his shoulder from last year. And I absolutely, and you could tell that Luca is a transcendent star by the way that he's responded, right? He's got this edge to him, right? Like you see him, you know, yelling out and one telling him this guy's too little, uh, you know, talking shit to the fans, talking shit to the bench. I, I absolutely love it. Um, and really if so, if the Clippers don't win this next game, oh dear God, there is going to be a reckoning. And then you really start to wonder what Kawhi is going to do and if he's going to resign. But again, nothing is, nothing's in stone yet. Uh, it's likely that the Mavs will lose the next game because they'll come in too cocky, right? They, they haven't experienced closing out teams like this. Luke is going to be feeling himself too much and Kawhi is going to have to guard him the whole game. They can't be doing what they've been doing, switching off all these different defenders. Lucas just brushing them off. Like it has to be Kawhi the entire time. Kawhi needs to get off his 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 high horse and get back to doing what got him his mega stardom. Okay, so that brings me that's a good segue into mine, Greg, because I'm not really sure if that's Kawhi's decision or a coaching decision there. I think if Kawhi look, they're a really good defensive team. And last night, for example, <clears throat> They had supposed, to be, 70, supposed to be a good team defensively. Yeah, they had scored 70 well. points, I think, by halftime, and they were only up by two. So quite clearly, there's something going on. I know Tim Hardaway basically just caught – I mean, he's playing out of his mind for like the last two weeks, basically, so that's the reason why. But still, they have to be able to shut down players like that. And I, I look at Paul George. Like, Kawhi had a great game. 30 points in the first half. Like he was doing everything he could have. Uh, it reminds me a lot of last year when people were saying, oh, Kawhi could have done a little bit more when 
Honestly, I look at Paul George, man. He had 28 points, but look at the fourth quarter. His first half compared to his second half, Paul George just kind of like folds under pressure. Uh, He went one for seven from the three-point line. That's just not good enough. And if you're not shooting well, then you better start driving. Uh, In my opinion, all of Paul George's stats were almost empty stats. Um, He didn't really do anything that positive except for the first half. So... Look, if if LA really wants to win, for one, in my opinion, Ibaka needs to be healthy and out there. Uh, yeah, as yeah. great as Zubac is, he can't space the floor, and he's a great defender. But uh, look, that's the reason why they got Ibaka, right? They needed a big last year. They didn't have that, and Ibaka is the missing piece right now. Not to mention his synergy with Kawhi, and instead they're out there. You know, it's just not. I don't think it's what they wanted. And now I really go back to that first point, Greg, of questioning why did they tank those last games to get this matchup? It, it makes no sense for me. They could have easily finished one spot above and then faced, a, you know, a team that they didn't have someone who mentally was prepared to face them. Like Dallas this season was three and one against play them. Yeah. But, but you know what? The reason they did is to avoid the Lakers clearly and until the conference finals. There, there's no other explanation for it. Right. So another series I want point sorry for the Greg. Hello? Sorry, Brandon, you cut out. I was saying last point for the series. No, well it it's just that okay, I'll say if Doncic you know, we spent so much attention talking about the collapse of the of, of the Clippers, but that takes away from from the real narrative, which is simply the 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 rise, right? The rise of 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 pro, you know probably the soon to be best player in the world, which is Doncic, right? Uh, right now, I'd put three guys over him, and that was LeBron, KD, and Kawhi. Now, if he if he uh, you know even if he loses this in a tight series, because the Clippers have more talent, they should win, and they have more experience. Even, even if he loses in a tight series, I think now we can put Luca comfortably in the you top are, three. You- I'll be honest. Yes, I do. I do. And you know what? Then it's tough. You know what? It that's a tough one with with Giannis. I just think Luca's ability to play make and and clutch. He's so clutch, right? That that when it comes to the playoffs, right? Maybe right now I'd have him behind Giannis, but after the, the these playoffs with the way that he's playing, I think Kawhi will drop. So we'll see. All right. Going to the next series, Graf, um, you know, the first game between the Brooklyn Nets and Boston Celtics is kind of close to contested. The second game is a complete conversation. The Brooklyn Nets blew out the Boston Celtics by over 30 points. What are your what what is your perception of the Celtics right now? Can they come back in the series? But more importantly, are the Brooklyn Nets a clear from the East? And do they have a legitimate shot at taking out the um, I, I would say, look, I, I never cheer for Boston. I really don't. Um, there's something about this Brooklyn team. It's the three, you know, sort of prima donna sort of players, I guess, that came together. Well, yeah, I just, I don't like Brooklyn at all. So I'm cheering for Boston this series. And <laughs> even watching the game last night, trying to cheer against Brooklyn, they're, they're so good offensively. And when someone like Joe Harris 
like last night can go off. And I remember reading the stats. I think in seven minutes, he had 16 points in the first seven minutes of the game. Like, how are you going to stop that when Joe Harris is going off and Kevin Durant and Harden and Kyrie are all going to get theirs during the game? Blake had a great game down low. He looks completely new. Yeah, I, I hate them, but I look, I still think that the test for them will be Philly and Milwaukee. Milwaukee's the, next for them. Right. And I really think that that's where we'll see a series. And if they end up doing something like, see, I don't know, like if they end up sweeping someone like Boston, is it better for them to get healthy because they've been kind of beat up throughout the year or do they want to keep rolling because they're on a roll? Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I still think that this, this series is, a, is done now. Boston losing Jalen Brown, honestly, and getting Evan Fournier at the trade deadline, which I really questioned, uh, are two moves that just that have put them so far back. I mean, Fournier had a kind of a good game last night, but they're getting completely dominated. And defense is like their number one thing, and <clears throat> Brooklyn's just taking it to them. So this series is done. I think we'll see the real test for Brooklyn. I'm not going to say anything about if they're going to be the number one contender until they face a real team. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to concur uh, with with Graf on that. I think the series is done. It's possible they could get one at the Garden. That's all they're going to get. But it's 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 more likely that they'll get swept. Uh, and yeah, you you can't expect Boston to be able to compete uh, without Jalen Brown. I think, given that that the other team uh, fronts players like Kevin Durant, like like a James Harden, where you need a body like Jalen Brown to be able to at least bother them. A little bit, mind you. Jason Tatum looks like an absolute star. Uh, so the, I, I think. Look, I mean, the the Celtics have been a victim of their own success, right? In a sense that they they've achieved so much as a young team that now there's an expectation that they need to get back to the conference finals or the finals every year, or else it's a bust, right? This year hasn't been a great year for them. I I still think that they need a better big man. Uh, that being said, I, like Graf, have found myself rooting for Boston for the first time in my life because I also, uh, al- although I definitely fear the Nets if I'm playing them, I don't like them because the way that they were put together, much like the Clippers, was very contrived, right? All right, moving it's down true. the list, I kind of want to talk about this directly because it directly ends with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Together a stellar game two performance against the Heat. Thirty point. They won by thirty four points. Um, I want to talk about the Heat uh, after this quickly, but um, w- w- looks like the Bucks realistically, you know, are the front runners are going to win the series. What do you think of a Bucks matchup? I like these. I think that the Bucks have as good of a chance of coming out of the East as either the Nets or Philly. Um, at least, uh, maybe not as good of a chance because they have to go through Brooklyn and Philly, but they're as good of a team, certainly. I think that their size is going to bother uh, uh, Brooklyn. Also, I believe their chemistry is going to act like a third star for them, in a sense, right? Uh, and so it's basically going to be t- uh, talent versus team chemistry. And they look the best I've, I've ever seen them. The Bucks look the best that I've ever seen them. Uh, right. And there, I'm. I'm actually rooting for them to come out of the East. Mm-hmm. Well, not to uh, get too ahead yeah. of myself. Like I know these series are only two nothing. You know, like anything could happen. You know, it's a seven game series. But in this situation, my the team I love here. You know, you look at guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero sort of regressing this season. Um, going into next year, 
do you think these guys are part of a core rotation, a core championship identity, or is this like a flash in the bubble type of situation? I think it's tough because the Miami Heat. I mean, look, I, I know that Oladipo hasn't been playing. Cause that's, that's a big thing, eh? Yeah, they, they gave, I mean, they didn't give up that much for him, but they gave up the team chemistry, essentially, I would say, for him. Because now, like, again, just looking at the trade deadline in general, it's kind of like what you guys uh, said happened with the Lakers um, when LeBron wanted everybody traded. Like, Tyler Hero's name was on the block. Like, everyone's name was thrown out there. Duncan Robinson was the number one person to get for Kyle Lowry. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that rattled everybody uh, on the roster. But right now, you're right. They do not at all look like the team they were last year and it's very similar to Boston, right? Um, one injury can kind of change everything, but it's weird. I was just thinking about this the other day. Like, would you rather be in a te- in a, the shoes of these teams like Boston and Miami right now or the Raptors where, you know, the future is going to be pretty good. You have a pretty good core, but we have a way better draft pick. Now they're not doing anything in the playoffs. It kind of kills their outlook and their momentum. Whereas, you know, maybe the Raptors year now, because I'm trying to bring it back to the Raptors, of course, maybe the Raptors year is kind of a success. And it's the fact that we would have been swept by Brooklyn in the first round. And yeah. we would have been in a much worse situation when you see teams that were kind of better than us, like Miami and Boston, getting dominated in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And can I just, Brandon, just to add to that, the point about Miami, I think that if Miami had a healthy Victor Oladipo type talent uh, combined, like they, they've been playing good. Like up to play, I just think that Milwaukee is 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 slightly better team, and Milwaukee um, has the motivation from getting swept by them last year, right? Yeah, I think um, Milwaukee's I, I, year. I still think it is this year. Yeah, but I actually really like Miami's team, like especially if you were to add, like they, but they do need another big time scorer, which I think Oladipo would have helped a lot with. But they front a very good switchable front line, very tough and tough and gritty. Uh, so I, I think that Mil, uh, Miami is going to be a force for years to come. I just think this year. Milwaukee has is going to have their number. I don't see Miami coming back from this deficit. Maybe right. they'll get one. Uh, another, I don't know if you guys are hockey fans at all, but the Montreal Canadiens and Toronto Maple Leafs are pretty interesting. You know, you get very excited, a lot of momentum coming into Game 1, and Montreal Canadiens took out the Leafs in Game 1, but you saw what happened Game 2, 3, and 4. The Leafs are up 3-1, dominating the series. The reason why I'm saying this, I want to relate it to the Phoenix Suns and LA Lakers matchup, where the Phoenix Suns Oh, what happened last night with the Lakers? Anthony Davis had an absolutely stellar performance. Do you think this is another sort of similar situation graph we're seeing from the Leafs and the Canadians where the Lakers, it's just a foregone conclusion they're going to win the series? Or do you think stretch? No, I, th- I, th- I do truly think anything could happen in this series. And as much as I, I'm the one who's saying the Lakers, I still think are going to be the ones who come out of the West, um, Phoenix is a really good team. And any team with Chris Paul, he he didn't look that healthy when he first started the game. But then again, like down the stretch, he looked more and more like himself. And Devin Booker has basically been amazing uh, this playoffs. So it almost came down to, and I hate to say this because Greg's going to jump all over it, but Schroeder was kind of the X factor, in my opinion. Those, those 24 points he put in, I mean, other than the fact that AD and LeBron had clutch shots at the end, um, 
you, you need that third score. And if it's going to be Kuzma, if it's going to be Schroeder, if it's going to be whoever, whoever it is yeah. more like they have options. And if one of those guys goes off, then it's going to be really, really tough for, for, for Phoenix. I mean, they have to rely in my opinion, Phoenix on the pick and roll. They were doing so well with Chris Paul, just basically getting to choose if he wants to shoot, put it down loaded to Aiton or kick it out for a three. And I, I still think this is going to be probably at least a six game series in my opinion. So, but you know, you mentioned coming down the stretch, Chris Paul actually didn't close the game out. Cameron Payne did because of his shoulder. Yep. If Chris Paul isn't healthy, this, this series, like I don't see the Suns winning another no. game. Right. Like, like if, 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 if he can't get a, he has to be able to close games out. Like he can't be scoring seven points. They need the Chris Paul that they've had all season long, and then they can be competitive. But I still think that the size and experience of the Lakers, uh, like, you know, if you look at them, right, it looks like the like a JV team going against the varsity when the Suns line up with the Lakers, right? Uh, yeah. I, one of the announcers said it best last night, and they said the size of the Lakers is almost like uh, body shots in, in a fight where, you know, it's not going to really be that effective at the beginning, but down the stretch in game six and seven is when Phoenix is really going to start feeling basically that aggressiveness and it's going to start really start tolling on them. So I, I agree. I think it's going to be a long series, but that's why I think the Lakers are going to win later on. Unless of course, Chris Paul doesn't play. Then it's just, yeah, then it's unfortunate. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, the last thing before we get to the Raptors, I kind of want to discuss quickly. I'm going to give Greg his is I'm going to allow you to this pure JV love Memphis Grizzlies up one. Oh yeah. Jazz, you know, Rick look really good in the play in series. Took out the golden state Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs. Greg, the floor is yours, my friend. Well, isn't it? And thank you. I wasn't expecting that, but isn't it nice to see JV not only excel, um, and be, but also be valued by the younger players that you could see when he's upset, they all kind of come and, and, and try to rally him. Um, but what, what really stuck in my mind was how, you know, he's doing things out there that the Raptors never trusted him to do. Right. Like, like operate out of the high post, for instance, right. Like, like do a little switching on the, uh, on the pick and roll, feeding him the ball and, and uh, it, under the basket and, kind of, you know, chuck something up or, or, or kick it out. You know, the announcers, when I was I was uh, watching the game, the announcers are talking about how great JV's hands are. And I remember everybody in Toronto saying how bad his 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 hands were. Uh, he obviously has his deficiencies and he can't play in every matchup, but he's actually been the MVP this year for the Grizzlies. Without JV, they don't get in the playoffs. You know, it's I think, you know, watching him play, you know, Toronto is a, I wouldn't say it's a smaller market, but when he played there before he won the championship, it was a smaller market. And I don't think people really understood how great of a center he was. And then you mentioned he does have his deficiencies, you know, uh, yeah. especially on the defensive side of the ball, crunch time, etc. You talk about the pecking order, fresh. Yeah, especially traditional centers. And he has to be up there in discussion for one of the best, uh, maybe top 10 centers. He outplayed, he outplayed Gobert last game. He outplayed him. Right, straight up, and he always actually does match up very well against tra- traditional centers. It, it's when you get the pick and pop game that that JV starts to become 
more exposed. Right. But I, I, I was certainly enjoying watching him thrive. And you know what? Sometimes you need a change of environment uh, uh, in in a situation with a team that needs you more or that you can spread your wings a little bit where there's less pressure, right, for you to grow. And ultimately, I guess that's what had to happen with JV. But again, right, we could have, the Raptors really could have used him this year. And not to say that it wasn't the right move to make the trade, because as Graf said, we're probably going to get a really high pick. But uh, it, it, it's been nice to see as some as a self-employed kind of yeah no it was <laughs> it's just been nice to see as someone who always kind of believed in him and, and saw this like do you remember how, how he had monster games though for us in the playoffs he always did Jamar and Lowry sometimes didn't come through in the playoffs he always did he always had monster games so it doesn't surprise me how well he's playing in these types of moments so I'm I'm quite pleased for him. <laughs> Yeah, he led the team in minutes, right? Like, he dominated that game. Gobert has always had a problem with stronger centers. Yeah. Yeah. I've always said this. He doesn't, even if they're small, like Zion, he has a problem with anyone who can completely outmuscle him. And JV yeah. is, is way stronger than Gobert's bitch ass. Do you think they can take the series, Graf? Yes. I was saying before that the Lakers and Memphis. I honestly said that either Golden State or Memphis, whoever wins, has a really good chance of beating. I still think that the the Jazz are kind of fake. And then you see all this stuff about their locker room now with the Mitchell camp and the Gobert camp and all this shit. Like, they're mm. not the, I, don't, I don't know. I think they're falling apart at the wrong t- They peaked. They peaked too early. Uh, One thing I kind of want to discuss uh, toward the trail in the podcast is obviously we're a Toronto Raptors podcast. So I wanted to kind of take a look at the team going into next season, especially when it comes to salary cap restraints. So after next season is around $110 million with the luxury tax floor at 132, 133. Um, Currently for this team right now, I'm just kind of looking at their payroll right now. We have 10 players who are committed contracts next year. That's Freddie Gillespie, Utah, Paul Watson, Bember, and we have put Van Vliet and Seattle, totaling about $101 million. So that leaves about $9 million to play, not including the, the, the sorry, the salary cap floor, or the, sorry, the, um, the 132. So what do you think, Graf, of this team moving forward? Obviously, we want to stay below the Kyle Lowry, Stanley Johnson, Gary Trent Jr., and Ken Birch are probably our free agent this season. Who do you want to come see come back? Um, what do we do with contracts like Ronnie Hood's ten million? Um, you know, we've got um, you know t- difficult situations. We've got Siakam thirty one, Van Vliet nineteen, OG sixteen. What do you want from this team next year? Like, what do you think is the best, smartest move when it comes to assembling a roster? Yeah, if you look at our, basically, if you look at our cap situation for next year, we basically just have lost Kyle Lowry off the books. Like when it's all said and done, there's like 35 million, I guess, that that's sort of saved. Um, first priority for me would be sort of Chris Boucher. Uh, he's taken a step in his fourth year in the NBA. And honestly, he looks like, even though he's 28, he still looks like he can get better. Um, and he was our best center by far this year. Um, well, he's obviously, he, next year. Pardon me? He's under contract next year. Boucher is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for seven million. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, we signed him this year to a multi-year deal, I think. Mm, okay. I mean, look, I still if you're looking at the core, it's Van Vliet, OG, Siakam, um, and Trent. maybe put 
Yeah, maybe you put Gary Trent and Malachi Flynn in there as well, right? Like they're they're still to be seen, but. I, I don't know. I, I like the future. We've signed Yuda as well now to, to next year. There's not a lot of free agents that we can go after, unfortunately. Um, so I would kind of, I hate to say it, let it ride with the same roster. I The question is Kyle Lowry, right? Do we want to bring him back or does he even want to come back? Um, so right now the, the draft will be huge. Whatever pick we get is going to slot in really well because uh, we're going to have that space. But we're such a it's such a weird team because right now Fred Van Vliet would say we're like the best of the worst. It's just like that doesn't mean that much. So we need to either take a step up or take a step back. And with you look at the youth in the team, it's like a middle age of like 26, I would say, on the Raptors right now. So I don't know. We got to go one way or the other. Uh, and I don't really know which way it is, to be honest with you. So I I, I agree with most of that. Uh, I definitely think Trent is in the building plans for the future uh, with that core that, uh, that you mentioned. So when it comes to this draft, I feel like they'll go for the most talented player that they can. You add that into the core. Hopefully it's someone that can give us a little more scoring punch. If it's not, that's a play. You need to find another playmaker slash scorer, not only to fill the hole for Lowry, but I mean, we, we don't really have another go-to option down the stretch. Keep in mind that Van Vliet, OG, especially OG and Siakam are all still growing. Right. So I see this team as currently constructed as probably set to hit a peak, right. When the Brooklyn Nets will break up. So right within two, three years, I think is, is when they're going back for it now. And if you listen to Messiah Jiri's comments uh, this past week, cause that's really like beyond any free agents about the, the roster, we need to know if Jiri's coming back. Right. So MLSC needs to do what they need to do to get him to come back. Right. And he made some comments that gestured to the fact that maybe the, the, the corporate board there isn't as favorable uh, to taking the steps necessary to grow this program into a championship one, right? He made very pointed comments, right? That really made me wonder if he's already had conversations, right? But they need to do and give him whatever he wants and get right. Whatever he wants, give him the keys to parliament. That's a great point. It reminds me of uh, like the Leafs, for example, years of mediocrity because they're selling up the arena. We're making a profit. You know, rappers, you know, obviously a bit of, uh, residual positivity from that you know we're going to be selling out arenas we're still going to be making a profit so the pr- a product on the court maybe isn't as important as it was a couple of years ago before we actually gain some recognition you know especially when it comes to international pundits yeah and they've they've sort of but they've retooled now right At, once we didn't re-sign leonard it, it, it was always going to be then a tear down build up process and right. our young core ha- has enabled us to do that uh but the question is now how do we reascend i think the core we have with a couple more added pieces will allow us to do so but we could never realistically this year compete with teams like the bucks like the sixers we just don't and, and the nets we just didn't have that top end talent uh, and I, I see Lowry most likely doing a sign and trade to Miami or Philly. Sorry, this guys, is you heard what... in the background. It's my dog. He's like a terrier. So for some reason, he has this like, fanatical of digging. So he like, digs on my couch, like digging in. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting off season. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of difficult questions are going to have to be answered, especially Kyle Lowry. One thing, like, is are there any things uh, anything you guys want to throw quickly before we switch topics? No, it, uh, for me, it's the Maasai question. 
Okay. It is the Messiah question and MLSC, not that anybody from there is listening, but you guys better get this right. Or else I'm gonna do so I'm gonna do a little bit of a rant here. And, and maybe you guys can chime in. I find this completely but you look at how critical mainstream sport media is, you know, just the criticism of players, athletes, a skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith generation, right? And you know, you get it from the heads, you know, who don't you know, never played basketball in the first place, never played sports in the first place, but feel like they have this obligation to criticize these guys because of their journalistic degree or some shit. You know what I mean? Um, you know, that's why I, I find it so irritating when you have a podcast, um, like, like up and smoke, you know what I mean? With, with Matt Barnes and Stephen, where, I'm oh, sorry, all the smoke with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson, where, you know, it's run by athletes. You think the idea, like these guys would get irritated when they receive criticism throughout their NBA career. Yet they're doing a podcast openly criticizing NBA players. And I want to just throw this Kwame Brown for sticking up for himself and just ringing yes. in these motherfuckers for just like, for, for just the ridiculous criticism the guy faced on a podcast featuring two former NBA players. Like, I think it's fantastic. Label Jackson as a fake gangster. Justice for you. He brought in the whole Barnes Fisher kid situation. You know, he called Arenas an Uncle Tom, who kind of perpetuated the bust narrative by being a lousy teammate on the Wizards. Like, I really like how he handled himself after the situation, and he kind of strikes me as maybe the most like, terrifying strong NBA player that ever. <laughs> yeah, <so> players <laughs> his his podcast. Like, I I think it is some of the funniest stuff that you'll hear because this is a guy who who has been at the at the brunt of, of a lot of jokes over the past uh decade uh and finally uh decided that enough uh, was enough and i i agree with you brandon that these uh, you, you would think that athletes when they run their own media wouldn't fall victim to what we see in the mainstream sport media where it's just like you say talking heads criticizing athletes not really caring uh about the the personal cost of it with them and their family and their social circles right but are just going for like likes and are going for viewership right sensationalistic journalists uh, sensationalism instead of real journalistic integrity you called them critical i would say you're only critical if you analyze power relations right they, they they're, they're like celebrity criticism right but I, I totally agree. I love how Kwame Brown stuck up for himself. Good for him. <laughs> it's funny. There's so many people who probably don't know who Kwame Brown is. And then they ended up looking up like all this shit and seeing like what happened. And it's, I mean, look, the guy had like a, I still think the whole thing about Kwame Brown is Michael Jordan's fault. He touted yeah. him way too high. He picked him way too early. He rode his ass when he was in Washington and he was still a player on the court too. So that people saw it. He broke his ass down. Like Michael Jordan was the reason why Kwame, Kwame Brown probably would have been a really good NBA player. Had it not been for Michael Jordan. So, that, so and, and you know what's interesting graph? It was interesting graph. You know what he says in his, on one of his rants, he claims that, that they only drafted Brown right with the intent of flipping him to get Elton Brand to make them relevant for Jordan cuz in the playoffs now 
So that right. So so he the way he tells it is the Wizards never even had a stake in him. They only drafted him as a trade asset. Right. I mean, it sounded like Jordan really liked him. <laughs> well, he. I mean, you know, you got to talk about the idea of what a bust is, man. I'm talking twelve million dollars. Is that really a bust? You know, like in the discussion of just <laughs> making a career, being an NBA player. Because I've seen a lot worse bust number on overall. And additionally, who was setting those picks for Kobe Bryant's age? The Raptors. It was Mr. Kawami Brown. <laughs> and who was guarding Mr. Uh, Kobe Bryant? It was Mr. Jalen Rose. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, guys. Uh, any last points? You know, we've got the NBA playoffs. Uh, we're in the middle of it right now. Anything you want to throw up there? I know we got to land it. I have to. I got to run, Brandon, but I'll just want to say one thing before I go. Congratulations to Julius Randle for winning Most Improved. All right, guys. Have a good one. See you later. <laughs> that was a nice little shot they gave you there, right? Yeah, that is going to be right interesting. No more podcast for Brandon. That that was a very interesting. Standard. George Costanza. He, he, he definitely Costanza you. He definitely Costanza you. And how fitting that it's a New York style Costanza. Yeah, I'm bitter. The wrong man won. All right, guys. Do um, you, you got anything to throw for uh, New York, Atlanta? I know we really didn't talk about that series. I see. Apparently, it's, um, it's 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 actually a fun series. I uh, it's a it's a pick'em series. I don't know who's gonna win actually, and good for for Trey Young for coming through in in the clutch. It's it's actually nice to see Matt. I mean, I've watched a game at Madison Square Garden. It's a wonderful arena. Uh, it's nice to see people back in there. Um, although I do worry with the state of the pandemic, but apparently they're taking their proper precautions. So it's actually nice to see basketball there. And it's so funny. Uh, another thing we forgot to mention, when you compare the energy in Madison square garden and the talking stick resort there in Phoenix, what a ridiculous name I know to what you uh, saw the other night with the Clippers, like it's like night and day there. There's just no energy at all. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, also, you know, I think my Atlanta Hawks prediction for being a little bit of a contender this season as far a couple months ago. You're right. When you're right, you're right, Brandon. Throwing it when out you're there, right, you're right. Out there. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back hopefully next week. Check out our social media page on Instagram, 95 to Infinity. You can also catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out, T-Dot. Yes, Miku, the man, the unsung hero.